0: All right, so you'll see that this is part two. That's not a typo. Uh, We're picking up where we left off a few weeks back. It's been a little while, but we're going to talk this morning about the future. We're going to talk about where I believe God is directing us as we move into the future uh, that he has planned for us at at Wall Highway. But first, we're going to have a little fun. Are you all up for a little fun? All right, you don't sound convinced, but we're going to do it anyway. All right, that's better. Okay, what do you see here? A duck or a rabbit? Depends on how you look at it, right? All right, let's look at the next one. What do you see here? Are you sure? Somebody said old lady. I'm I'm going to get in trouble with this, but the name of this is my wife and my mother-in-law. Again, um, my mother-in-law may be watching, Vicky, I love you, you're great, I didn't name it that, uh, but it depends on how you look at it. You can see the old lady, how many of you see the old lady? All right, and how, do you, how many of you see the beautiful woman looking away? It depends on how you look at it. Some of you, it's going to take a while. You can look it up later, we got to move on, okay? All right, the next one, all right, are the lines straight or not? They are actually straight. They are straight. Yeah, you, you got to follow it all the way through, but they are straight. All right, it looks that way. It's an optical illusion. Okay, let's look at the next one. How many black dots do you see? They're not black. If you look at each individual dot, it's white, but in the peripheral, they look black. Kind of messes with your mind, doesn't it? Don't worry, we won't do too many of these. Everybody's head's going to be spinning in a few minutes. Okay, let's look at the next one. Okay. You got to focus on this one. Okay. Look at the ball. Does it look like the background is moving? Okay. Now look at the background. The truth is it's not moving at all. It's a still picture. It just looks that way. Pretty neat, huh? All right. Let's look at the next one. This is the last one. How many numbers do you see? What numbers do you see? All right, everybody at once. All right, all right, now you got it. I can see it better back there. Okay, how many of you see 528? Is that all you see? Okay, 45283. But if you look really closely, this is the newest one that's out there. Some people see. 528, some people see 4528, some people see 45283, but if you look really closely on the outside left, you see a 3, on the outside right, you see a 9. So it's actually 3452839. It's all in how you look at it, right? Some things, you have to look really close to see correctly. Some things, we're gonna have to take it off the screen because everybody's still talking about it. <laughs> All right, let me try that again. (laughs) That's all good. Some things you have to look really close to see correctly. Some things are not what they appear, right? Which goes to show you vision, how we see things, and what we believe the truth is important. The truth, many times, will determine whether or not we believe what we see. Because some of those pictures, I mean, like those lines that looked all, I mean, that, they were as straight as they can be, but it doesn't look that way. Um, looks like that ball's rolling to me. I, I'm, I'm sorry to say, but it's not. I mean, you know, we, but what I know about the reality of what that picture is informs my mind, even if it defies what I see. But vision is important. I mean, but, but what we see is determined by what we know. And we have to know the truth in order to see things correctly. Vision is so vitally important. It's important in life, just walking around, being able to see so you don't stumble over things. But spiritually, as, as we follow God's will for our lives individually, as we follow God's will for this church, it is so important that what we see what we do is based on what he has revealed to us in his word. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. Everything that we're going to talk about is, is born, is grounded in what God says we're to be about as a church. And we're going to start just kind of reviewing our vision. that we've, we, we talk about this every year. If you've been through the membership class, you've, you've heard this fairly recently you should have a handout you're going to have two items this morning one is a handout that is is the vision of wall highway baptist church the other is sermon notes and we're going to start just by reviewing that handout i'm going to walk through this i'm going to try not to go too fast but i you know this is some of this is going to be familiar to most of you guys but some of you may be visiting for the first time or you haven't been here in a while or, or maybe you've never heard this before. So we're going to walk through. It's a good idea ever so often just to kind of get on the same page with this stuff. So let's let's look at our vision. What we believe is the vision that God has given this church. We believe our vision statement is that we are to be a church that's actively connecting our world, the world around us and beyond to Christ and his people through intentional evangelism, dynamic worship, loving fellowship, personal discipleship, and caring ministry. Those are the, the things that biblical principles that make up Who we are to be about. And that is the end goal. That's the favorable outcome. That's the definition of a vision. The favorable outcome, the end goal. That's what we want to be as a church. That's what we believe God has called us to be as a church. And so, years from now, whenever, when people uh, look at us and define us, we want, even if they can't verbalize all of that, we want those. Biblical principles to be apparent in the life of our church. So that begs the question: How do we get there? How do we reach that favorable outcome? And that's where the mission statement comes in. This, this is this is how we get there. First, though, let me let me back up. Our, the scriptural basis for our vision is Acts one eight: You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I mean that. That's the foundation for the vision, the ministry, reaching inside, outside, to the the, ends of the nations, to the ends of the earth. And and we define that this way. Our Jerusalem is Madison. Our Jerusalem is is our immediate area, right? It is is our community, our friends, neighbors, co-workers, the people that we work with. Our Judea is our region. Jerusalem, then Judea. It is Harvest, Madison. Uh, It is Madison County. Athens—that's our region. That's we want to have an influence for Christ in our region. And then Samaria is the United States, North America. Um, that's that's our that's that's our Samaria, and we want to have a presence, be involved in spreading the gospel there, and then to the ends of the earth. And that is what it says, the ends of the earth. And there are different ways we are involved in international missions. And we'll talk more about that as we move forward next week in, in the, the last installment of this. But the way we accomplish this, that's the goal. The way we accomplish that is our mission. And our mission statement is simple. It is that we desire to be a people and lead people to love God, love people, share Jesus, and make disciples. Uh, we, that, that's our guide the, you know, if you use a GPS, if you're like me and have no sense of direction, you use your GPS often. I use mine, you know, very often. And that gives me the turn-by-turn directions. It tells me where to go. I've got the end goal where I want to arrive, but the GPS gives me the step-by-step directions to get there. Well, that's what the mission statement does. It keeps us on track. We've got the end goal, we know where we want to end up. We need to know how to get there. And these are our guiding principles. These, th- these are turn-by-turn directions. We, we make sure that what we're doing lines up because these, are we believe, are the most important aspects of a Christian's life and a church. That a church, a believer's life, should be based on these things. But where do we get that? Well, our values speak to that as a church. What are our values? Well, we we believe and stand on biblical authority and truth. What we do is defined by God's word. We receive direction. You know, if your vision's gonna be correct, you gotta know the truth, you gotta know the reality, and this shows us the truth so that we can look at life the way that God wants us to see life. The way that he sees life and see his direction in life. Because sometimes life contradicts the truth. Sometimes you're looking at that ball and it appears to be rolling when you know it's not. So you have to stand on the truth even when it seems human uh, against human reasoning. So biblical authority and truth. A relationship with God. And this is important. Through Jesus Christ. There aren't many paths to God. There's one path. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And we believe that. We believe that if someone is going to to spend eternity with God in heaven, they have to Receive forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ. That he died on the cross. That he paid the price for sin that we could not pay. And the only way to be redeemed, the only way to be restored, is by putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and receiving the gift of salvation that only he can give. But once you do, you discover a life of meaning and purpose. You have eternal life. You are secure in the hands of God and he will never let you go. And you, I don't know how anybody faces life without that security. When the world is rocked with everything we're seeing over the past several days uncertainty, fear, we have a foundation in Christ. And we believe that. And everything that we do as a church is going to be based on what we believe about who God is and how we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And we want others to discover what we've discovered the joy. Of knowing our Creator, the joy of experiencing eternal life. There's, we also believe in relationships with people. We were created for relationships. Now, some of you are introverts, some of you are extroverts, but guess what? God still wants you to have relationships with other people. Uh, we are built that way, we are hardwired to experience relationships. And we need each other. We need to support one another. So we believe in that. We're going to encourage that. We believe in ministry excellence. We believe that if it's worth doing for the Lord, it's worth doing to the best of His ability. And we want what we do to be done in an excellent manner. And that, sometimes that means we may do less so that we can do more. And we can do it better, better quality, give God everything that we have. We're not just going to fill up our calendar with stuff just to say we're doing something. We're going to filter what we do through this mission statement and the strategy that I'll talk about in a few moments. But we believe in ministry excellence and we believe in transforming our Jerusalem and beyond. We're going to start at home. If we don't start at home, it doesn't really matter what we do outside of our region our area our Jerusalem so we want to make sure that we are transforming doing what we can to share the gospel where do we get this the biblical basis is first the great commandment commandment Jesus said love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind when he was asked what the greatest commandment was he said that and then he said the second one is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang the entire law and prophets. It's the fulfillment of the law. He is the fulfillment of the law. And, and that's where we get the first two aspects of our GPS, our mission statement. Love God, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love people. Love your neighbor as yourself. So those are the, the, the greatest and, and close to it, next to it, second greatest commandment. Then we should be about that. Wouldn't you agree? We want to be about those things. Well, we also base this, the second half of our, our mission statement on the Great Commission. commission. Uh, Jesus said, Go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. That's discipleship. And he said, I'm with you always even to the end of the age. So we've established the first two love God, love people. This is where we get the second two. Share Jesus. We're sharing the gospel. We want to connect people to Christ. And then we make disciples, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. So we don't want to just get a bunch of converts. That's great. We won't that's that's Priority number one is to share Jesus. We want people to find a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, but we're not going to abandon them after that. We want to disciple them in the faith so they can grow to know God more each day, discover God's purpose for their life, and fulfill God's purpose for their life. And so, how do we know we're doing this? Our measures. How do we measure whether or not we're fulfilling our reaching our vision, headed in the right direction? Well, Love, loving God, love the Lord your God with all your, your heart, soul, and mind. There are some things that will be evident in a believer's life if they're doing that. In the life of a church, it means I worship God with my life. It's not just what we do on Sunday morning. It's how I live. It's my lifestyle. is my life a fragrant offering of worship to God. Am I worshiping God with my life? A sacrifice of worship to God. It means that I study the Bible regularly. Doesn't mean you have to know all the Bible and have all the answers, but I'm committed to studying this book. I want to. This is God's revealed word. It is Him revealing Himself to me, and if I'm going to know Him, I've got to know this. And so I'm going to study God's Word daily, spending time individually, but also in small groups, which we'll talk more about. It means I maintain a healthy prayer life. Um, if you're you're like me. You struggle with attention span? My attention span is probably about, that's probably generous, about that long. And I've had to develop the discipline of praying because my mind tends to wonder. Anybody else struggle with that? You know, one of the things that I did early on, I still do it to this day sometimes, is I had to put an empty chair in front of me and pretend somebody was sitting in that chair and talk to that invisible person because God's here, he's with me. But I had to visualize that so I could focus and pray but I had to develop the discipline of praying but if I'm going to be someone who's growing in my faith loving God with all my heart soul and mind that means I got to communicate with him and I need to hear from him so prayer is vital it is vital to me individually as I grow it is vital to the life of this church if we are going to fulfill God's purpose so I'm going to have a healthy prayer life if I'm loving God and I'm going to obey God instantly when he says go I go now do I always do that perfectly? No, none of us do, but that's what we should do. When God gives us a commandment, it shouldn't be, well, let me think about it for a little while. Let me let you know, let, let me talk to a few people. When God commands me personally to do something, if I hear his voice clearly, if he has confirmed that and it's obvious he's telling me to do something, now sometimes he makes us wait, sometimes he says no, sometimes you know it's all in his timing and we know he wants us to do something, but it's not the right time. But when God says it's time, here's what I want you to do, and then we delay, that's disobedience. Any hesitation in obedience is disobedience. So when I know God's commands, I follow them. That's evidence of my love. He said, they'll know your, my disciples for your, by your love for one another. He also said, they'll know you are my followers if you obey me. Um, so we're loving God through obedience. But then we love people. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So how do we love people? Well, I'm serving others inside the walls. We serve one another. We meet each other. It's one of the great things to be about being a part of a church family, right? When I have a need, I know that people are going to, Meet my my needs. They're going to minister to me. And I'm going to have the opportunity to minister to others to meet their needs. So we're doing that, but we're also going outside the walls and meeting needs. We want to be actively meeting the needs of others because meeting needs is showing the love of Christ, and it's also a way that we introduce people to Christ. It is loving people the way Jesus loved us, but introducing them to the love of Jesus. I'm also going to be involved in a connection group. In a room this size with this many people, uh, you're never going to feel like you belong unless you get involved in a smaller group. And that, that's, that's what we call connection groups. We'll talk more about those in a few moments. But you, if you really want to get plugged in and build relationships within the church, you need to be a part of one of those groups. And that also means that my relationships with family and friends are healthy and growing. Not perfect, but they're growing growing in intimacy, growing in depth. These are all signs, ways we measure whether or not we're loving people. What about sharing Jesus? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. First it means I'm prepared to share the gospel and if you are saved you may not know it but you're prepared to share the gospel. You can share your story Um, but we're going to give you other tools to help equip you to share the gospel Um, and so That means I'm, number one, prepared to share the gospel. Number two, if I'm sharing Jesus, it means I'm building relationships with the lost around me. Now listen, this is challenging. It's hard, but we're called to do it. Your neighbors, your co-workers, people God puts in your life, whatever the case may be, I'm building relationships with the lost around me. It means I participate in local evangelistic opportunities. We're going to give you opportunities to uh, to, to participate in activities that are evangelistic in nature. And I'm, I'm taking advantage of those opportunities, but then I'm also participating in missions opportunities outside of our Jerusalem. So here at home and abroad. And there are opportunities to do that in various ways here at Wall Highway. So those are signs that I'm sharing Jesus. What about making disciples? Well, first it means I'm actively growing in my relationship to Christ. I can't disciple others if I'm not growing in the faith. But I I recognize the importance of that. So if I am going to be making disciples, then I want to be actively growing in my relationship with Christ. Second, I'm being held accountable by other Christians. I'm growing, and I have people pouring into me. I have people that hold me accountable. I have people that advise me, that give me direction, that I seek counsel from, that disciple me. So if I'm making disciples, first, I need to be discipled by others. And I've never met a Christian actively growing in their faith that, that did not still have someone pouring into them. No matter how long they had been a Christian, no matter how old they were, they still had people pouring into them if they were actively growing in their faith. So I've got that going. I'm growing in my relationship. I've got people discipling me. And then I, in turn, take what I've learned and pour into somebody else. I'm mentoring and multiplying other disciple makers. That's the goal. I'm multiplying myself. I'm multiplying. I'm following Jesus' example and pouring into others, and so that they can turn and turn pour it into others. So that's a lot to take in, but that makes up how we know we are accomplishing our mission. But we still need to fine tune a little bit more because there's a lot that can be done in those categories. So we need a strategy. We need a specific set of principles. That will guide our day to day activity. The mission helps us know which turns to make. The strategy breaks it down even further. And everything we do as a church is gonna fall into one of these four categories. If we decide to do a new mission or a new ministry, we're gonna, the first question, if you come to me and say, hey, Pastor, I feel led to do this, my first question to you is gonna be, where does it fall? How does it help us fulfill our vision, our mission? Where does it fit into the strategy? The day by day, how do we accomplish the end goal? Well, we need to follow the directions and we need a strategy to accomplish that mission. And this is where Connect, Grow, Serve, and Go come in. And over the next two weeks, this is what we're going to be talking about. Okay, How over the, next, the course of the next year are we going to uh, accomplish this strategy? What are we going to do that's going to help us reach the, the vision that God has given us? And today we're going to talk about Connecting. And connecting is so vitally important. It's important to connect people to Christ. It's important to connect people to His church. And there are ways that we're going to go about doing that intentionally. So let's start. This is our strategy. This is the DNA of the church. This is going to make up the day-to-day ministry of our church. So it's important that we're all on the same page as we move forward with this. Our strategy, four words, connect, grow, serve, go. And today we're looking at connect. And it is based on the Great Commission. I've, I've quoted part of that, but let's look at it again together. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Connecting people to Christ and discipling them. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And I'll, I'll read it specifically from uh, the Christian Standard Bible. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He has authority. He is God in flesh. He had risen from the dead. He was about to ascend into heaven. All authority has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, don't forget, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So connect. How are we going to connect? Well, first, let's talk about connecting people to Christ, because that's evangelism. And we need to be about, about evangelism. Because if we're not connecting people to Jesus, really it doesn't matter what else we do to fill up our schedule. Uh, we want to see people come to know Christ. And by the way, we want to see people come to know Christ, whether they end up joining this church or not. That's our goal. We want them here. But, but the most important thing is that their souls are rescued from sin, the bondage of sin and and you know if if we reach someone for the lord and they ex- they they experience salvation and god leads them somewhere else then praise god they're saved okay cuz we're we're not we are a church here right a local body of believers but we're part of a greater church worldwide um you know that that's the amazing thing about being a part of the body of christ is it doesn't matter and and as i've done different missions, opportunities in different parts of the country, different parts of the world. It's amazing the unity that's shared because of the bond of the Holy Spirit. And that's because we're all a part of the body of Christ. But we do want people to be connected here, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But we're connecting people to Christ first. Go and make disciples. That's evangelism. And evangelism, simply put, is sharing the good news. The good news about what? The good news of salvation. There's no greater news than that. It is the greatest news of all that we lost in sin, without hope, no way to get out of sin. All of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Jesus Christ became flesh, became man. God with us, Emmanuel, he lived a perfect sinless life. He took on our sin. He died on the cross, paying the penalty for our sin so that you and I could be free from sin and experience eternal life. That is good news. That's great news. It's the best news, and we want to share that, so we're sharing the good news. You know, uh, the the church is a mystery. Ephesians 3.10 tells us God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. I mean, the church is amazing not just to us, but evidently to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. God works through the church in a miraculous way to reveal His glory and to reveal Himself. It's a part of His grand plan for the Great Commission, using flawed human beings to fulfill His purpose, which is amazing. He has set us, and don't don't miss this, you're here today. Some of you are members of this church, some of you are visiting, some of you are not. But you're here today, and if you are a child of God, if you are saved... He has made you unique from the start, but once you enter into a relationship, He gives you gifts, and He makes you unique in His purpose for His kingdom, for you. You have gifts that I don't have. You have abilities that I don't have. And He puts us all together in this this sometimes strange, (laughs) uh, sometimes amusing, sometimes frustrating, because we're human beings, But in a beautiful, beautifully woven fabric called the church to be used for his glory. And when you see that played out, when you see God work through flawed human beings in that way, it's nothing short of a miracle. But God set us apart, He set you apart, He set me apart to carry His message of salvation to the lost. He doesn't need us, creation declares His glory. He's God. He doesn't, but he chooses to use us. He set us apart. And Paul tells us in Romans ten verses thirteen and fourteen: For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on Him they have not heard, believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about Him? And how can they hear without a preacher? Well, God's God. He can do whatever He wants. So why is Paul asking this? Why how, you know, if God could reveal Himself, which He could. Without any of us. Why is Paul asking, how can they hear without a preacher? Because God designed it to be this way. He didn't have to. He designed it to include you and me in this process. To be the preachers. Not just talking about people in my position. In this case, we're all preachers. We're all heralds declaring the gospel. And so, the call is for all of us. And here's our goal. We seek to introduce people to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and a personal relationship with our church. Because first, we, we know they, people need to be saved, but we also know that we'll never reach our full potential as believers unless we're surrounded by other people who will pour into us and disciple us and hold us accountable and give us the opportunity to do the same for others. Connecting people to Christ and His church, that's part of our vision. And we evangelize on a congregational level, there are things we do as a church to draw people here, to reach out beyond the walls of this church, and we want people to do this on a personal level. So how are we going to do that this year? Well, we are going to focus on equipping you and challenging you to live on mission wherever you're planted. And we should be doing that anyway, but we as a staff, as we prayed through this, as we as we sought the Lord and how we could do this more effectively, we all felt Uh, The call to to do more to equip you to do that. And one of the places we're starting, we've already started this, kind of working from behind a little bit, but that's okay because we've already accomplished part of this, is is evangelistic training. We've gone through, the Gideons have a great new evangelistic training program that they've really just started, and we got to be uh, in on not really the beginning, but not long after the beginning. Um, it's called conversations and what I love about this is that it you know that you've got a story I've got a story I can share my testimony I don't need to be trained to do that but this get this training is so very practical and it gives you it equips you to be able to take regular conversations which we have every day and look for ways to take those conversations and and make them gospel-centered conversations to, to take advantage, because you probably don 't even realize how many opportunities you have in an average conversation to make that about spiritual things, to take that and turn that into a gospel conversation, and this, this training gives you it, it wakes you up to those things and gives you practical ways, specific things to look for, specific questions to ask, that just to, it makes you more confident that 's all any evangelism, explosion, faith, all of those things all great. And used effectively at different times. You know why they were so effective? Because it gave people confidence to share the gospel. The gospel hasn't changed, and the call hasn't changed. I mean, they didn't, I, Paul didn't have EE. I mean, yet he still effectively shared the gospel. We need most people just need the confidence to do it, and that, that's what this does. It's another way, but it's a great way because this is what we need to be doing is is looking for opportunities in everyday relationships everyday conversations to do that we started with our connection group leaders a few weeks ago uh, most of our adult and student connection group leaders went through this. And we intentionally started with our connection group leaders because we want this to filter down, but we're going to offer other training opportunities. My goal, my hope, is that by starting with our connection group leaders, that's the beginning of equipping connection group members and then the leaders, of, other leaders in the church. We're going We're going to continue to offer this whenever we can at, at different times. We're going to do a few of these so that hopefully... By the end, the majority, if not all, of our congregation has gone through this. This is just one of the things we're going to do to help you live missionally because here's, here's the way, it, when we meet here every Sunday, there are great things that go on in this building, and we're going to continue to have different ministry opportunities, but we want to be sending missionaries out to different communities, and that's you, that's me. I mean, Mandy and I have been burdened about this, and, and, and we know God's called us to be missionaries in our community. And and that that's something that we're burdened with, and and we're hoping that we as a church family will be burdened by this, and and will grow missionaries and multiply missionaries in communities. That's what we want to happen. I believe that's what God wants to happen. And one of the ways we're going to help you do that is through that and other other intentional uh, equipping tools through the year. You know, we're going to make it easy for you, too. I mean, you know, it's hard to be a missionary surrounded by lost people. But we're going to make it easier, too. We're going to be doing things as a church. Other, other goals. Uh, we want you to be a missionary in your community. So one of the easy things you can do, you never know what you'll come upon. I found this out doing this in my neighborhood. I found myself in some interesting conversations Um, doing this by myself we do it as a family too have done it neighborhood prayer walks something you can do I mean we'll we'll have times where we encourage that church wide but you can do this anytime if you want to make a difference in your community start by bathing your community in prayer just walk your neighborhood and and you can have an agenda of what to pray for but I, I enjoy it when I've done it and I just you know I may have an agenda but I may notice something I may see toys out in the yard where they have family, they have kids. I'm going to start praying for those kids. I'm going to pray for whatever school they're going to or however they're being educated, their their parents. I mean, whatever the case may be, just being looking at your neighborhood, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and praying as you walk through your neighborhood. There's something about that. And I've found, and I think Mandy would agree with me, as as we have done that, as we've walked our neighborhood, sometimes praying, sometimes not, it's given us a greater affection for our, our community. Um, and, and looking at people through the Lord's eyes gives you a little bit different perspective. And so that's a great place to start. So we're going to be encouraging that. And that's something you can do every day. You don't have to wait for us to do that as a church. Do it whenever. Uh, we're also going to be uh, just in our community. If y'all look, if, when you leave, if you look out back here, if you haven't noticed, there are houses going up. Like I could almost throw a rock and hit one of them. And, and this is something we've been taught. We've been waiting for this community to get done. We're going uh, to deliver welcome packets. And we'll have a team that organizes this, but this is just one thing that we're going to do. And just say, hey, thank, welcome to the community. We're right, we're right next, literally right next door if you need us. You know, just an easy way to introduce people to our church. But here's something that's a little more challenging. I'm going to encourage you, all of us, to do this in our neighborhoods. There may be four or five people right around your house that you could just take a little gift basket to, and we can supply that as a church, and we'll do some sort of campaign, you know, to to emphasize that. We'll give you material to go in that. Maybe that vision handout, it may just be that little bitty handout with the QR code on it, something that identifies who we are, but you could take that to your neighbor, filled with goodies, right? Whatever, and we'll have suggestions for all of that. We'll have a team that's It's helping to prepare those things, but that's something you could do to your neighbors. And we're going to be encouraging that and emphasizing that. Just gift baskets, bags for your neighbors. Here's something you could do, and I encourage you to do, if your neighborhood has a Facebook page. Some of you already know they do because you're in it. Um, And not to make you feel guilty, but when was the last time you posted something that was going on here? Some of you may, and that's great. What if, what if my neighborhood doesn't have a Facebook page? Well, who's stopping you from creating one? Create one. You know, if you get, you got to get to know your neighbors to invite them, right? But you know, any type of, you know, if, if we're going to be be stuck with social media with all its challenges, let's use it for the kingdom. I mean, it can be a great tool. It can be a nuisance, I know, but it can be a great tool to reach people. So use it. You know, your your neighbors are connected. So. Figure out a way to start or be a part of your, your Facebook, your neighborhood group, and, and advertise things that are going on that would apply to the, the people around you. Um, we're also going to have church-hosted ministries, activities. We're going to continue to do that and have specific times where the goal is to draw people here, um, to introduce them first to Christ, but also to us, to, to God's people. To build relationships with people, and there are different ways that we're going to do that. Just a couple of examples, and these aren't the only ways, but this is just to kind of give you an idea. Uh, we're going to have a children's Easter celebration here in just a few weeks. Um, we're going to have a time of fellowship, a meal. Great opportunity for you to invite somebody. Um, it's unchurched, somebody you're building a relationship with, and we'll have people show up. That, that we don't have a relationship with. It's one of the great things about, and where we are with all the people, you can stick one of those jumpy things outside and people come flocking in, right? If they sense there's food, they're here, right? Which is great, and that's, that's wonderful. Um, you know, maybe even, and this isn't just an event, an activity, it is obviously a special day, but, you know, more people come to Easter service than normally do through the year. Be thinking of somebody you can bring to the Easter service um, but that, you know, that, that children's activity, our children's ministry is the highlight of the month, spotlight in ministry, and, and any time you have a children's event, you're going to get young families here, and you're going to get an opportunity to introduce them uh, to Christ and to our church. And so we're going to have opportunities for that. Fall Festival will be coming up. That's another thing. Uh, in October, you say, well, that's, that's October. Guess what? You'll blink, and it'll be here. And, and that, you, you talk about people coming out of the woodworks. And they just, all over the community, come. It's an opportunity to connect to our community right here. We don't even have to leave. They come right here. Um, Used to, you could have a seven-day revival and people would show up. That doesn't happen anymore. People don't just come. They got too many things going on. But I tell you, Vacation Bible School and, and, and Fall Festival and different children's activities, people still come for that. They'll show up for those things. It's a great opportunity that we don't want to miss. Missions market's coming up. Um, and you say, we're raising money for missions. Yeah, but if you were here last week, you, you saw as I did, there were people from all over the community that showed up for that. You know, people will come to things like that. Even if they don't go to church, they'll come to things like that for whatever reason. And so that's an opportunity. And we're going to be more intentional about connecting with those people. Um, we'll have our missions tables, our missions booths, but we want to make sure we make a connection with them. While they're here, events like that. Um, uh, and one of the things our students did uh, and, and are planning to start again on Sunday afternoons last year, Caleb had activities where students could come, whether it was uh, Ultimate Frisbee, am I saying that right? Ultimate Frisbee or, or whatever, you know, uh, Frisbee golf, you know, what, uh, just whatever activities they had so that the students could bring uh, friends to that and, and very effective. We're going to be doing things like that. Our students will be doing things like that. And I'm not even sure I'm allowed to mention this yet. So if I'm not Mike Abbott, I'm not sure if he's still. Forgive me if I'm not. But one of the things that that Mike and I did confirm on the calendar, it is, it is confirmed. Okay, I probably should have talked to you before about this, but we're going to have. How many of you came to the? Remind me of the name of the jazz band. It's the Rock City Rocket City Jazz Orchestra. How many of you came to their rehearsal at Christmas? Was that not fantastic? Well, guess what? They've agreed to do a concert for us the, week after, the Friday after Easter. Now, it's going to be a leisurely, fun, and they're good, by the way, if you didn't, but that's something you could invite somebody to. Very neutral, you know, a great way to introduce somebody. Just a, a fun night and things like that, you know. They're, they're, that's, that's something we're going to be, be able to do where you, you could invite somebody, maybe even somebody that's not real high on church, You could come enjoy some good music and, hey, let's build a relationship. And let's introduce them to our church family. Um, Different things like that. And so, you know, those are just a few, just to kind of give you an idea. But we want to actively be connecting people to Christ. And whatever, whatever tool, as long as it doesn't contradict Scripture, hear that. As long as it doesn't contradict Scripture, whatever tool we can use to do that, we'll do it. Because we want people to be saved. We want people to experience the same life change we have. But let's move on. We're going to connect people to Christ and then to the church. And that's membership. Connecting people to the church is membership. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptism is a profession of faith. It is how I identify once I'm saved with the body of Christ. And so here in a Baptist church, that's how you join. If you're not saved, you join the church through baptism. You're identifying with the body of Christ. And and that's why new believers join through baptism. And we want to lead the lost to Christ and then to make a commitment to him first. But also we want people, we're not going to be ashamed of the fact that we want people to be a part of this church. That's okay. We want to connect to people. We want to help people grow in their faith we want them to connect through membership and a membership commitment is a commitment to Christ and his church body that's what a membership commitment and so we do ask that people make a membership commitment look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 so then you know are no longer foreigners and strangers but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household Romans 12:4 and 5 now as we have many parts in one body and all the parts do not have the same function. We're all different. We don't have the same function, but we have a vital function within the body, just like your hand, your leg, your organs, all important. We all have an important function. In the same way, we who are many, me- many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. And so we're going to connect with people outside the walls. Our goal is to lead them to Christ first, but then we want to connect them to our church. It's a part of the strategy And we want people, once they get here, to get connected into deeper relationships within the church. Disciple-making relationships, growing relationships. And if you are here and you want to connect, we want to connect you to Christ first. But maybe this is your first time. We want to connect you to him and then to this church. Maybe you know Christ as your Savior and you're looking at ways to connect to this church. Well, Brother Jim, doing the welcome, mentioned your first step. Your first step is is filling out that visitor registration form. Let us know who you are. I'll send you an email. We'll start a conversation. Um, And we, we, we do that. We have a couple different ways we register guests. If you come to a connection group, you're going to fill out a little yellow card. Some of you have filled that out before. We're still going to use that, right? If you're here in a worship service, you haven't been to a connection group, we're going to ask you to fill out that visitor registration form. And we're not going to share your information with any telemarketers. I've said this before, you will not get any scam-likely calls because of us, okay? But you will get an email from me or a phone call from me or one of the other pastors just to say, thank you for being here. Can we serve you in any way? Do you have questions about the church? Um, But that's step number one. Something new this past year that we've started that helps us connect as a church is our new software, Realm. This thing has incredible features that will help us connect as a church that's the the, the address there but you got to make sure you type it in right on realm.org slash wall some of you are signed up on realm some of you are members you haven't signed up on realm you're you're a little late to the game but it's okay you can still sign up you can email church office email melody melody at wallhighway.com she'll send you an invitation we'll get you signed up and you can start to explore realm there's a lot of great features and one of the great things about realm is you're as you're exploring it, there's a little question mark on each page, and that is your friend. You click on that, it gives you help to determine how to use Realm. But one of the great features, we, one of the struggles we have as a church is getting people connected and keeping them connected, making sure that they are getting what they need to begin the process of growing in their relationship with Christ. And there's something in realm called Pathways that we as ministry teams, separate ministry teams, separate groups, connection groups can use to help move people through that process. Not, not moving cattle, okay, but, but getting people connected. That's the goal. And Pathways, let me show you how this works. Let's say someone joins a church. All right, they're new members. So how are we gonna move them through the pathway? The first thing is they join by baptism transfer of letter or whatever. So they are a member of this church. So we wanna we wanna get them connected. They're gonna we're gonna get them connected on realm so that they're connected with the rest of the church and they're getting information. They're gonna be contacted by a pastor, that's another step on the pathway. They're going to get assigned a deacon so that a deacon begins to build a relationship with them and minister to them. They're going to get assigned a connection group leader who's going to contact them because we want them to get connected to a connection group all right? And so that's the next step. They're going, We want them to go through the membership class so they find out who we are as a church and, and what we're about and what we expect from them as well as what they can expect as being a part of a church family. We're going to want them to fill out the skills and interest form that is on your page so that we can plug them into areas of service, help them find the gifts that God has given them to serve. And we're going to uh, have them matched up with a ministry lead once they do that i 'm going through this quick, but you get the idea here I mean you can you can tailor this to any ministry and here 's the goal the goal is to help people because when I knew i don 't know anybody i don 't know how to get connected, so we 're going to help you get connected and the beautiful thing about this is that you can have one person that does that, or as with new members, I may, I may be taking care of one category, like the membership class. Brother Caleb or Brother Jim may be the one that makes the pastoral contact, so they're, con- they're checking that off, they're making sure that's done, they're making sure they're connected. One person can do it, many people can participate in it, but it brings organization, it brings intent, intentionality. To connecting people and this is a, a sample this is what it looks like i know it's kind of hard to see but this is our ecuador pathway that we've set up so those that are going to ecuador are going to have to go through those things they need to do, attend the interest meeting and the, the zeros don't mean that nobody's done that people have but this is just an example uh you know at some point you're going to have to apply for a passport uh support letters to raise funds i mean you get the idea and this can be tailored to any ministry and we can help you do this if you need help figuring out how to do that. Let me encourage you, if you are a ministry lead, consider enlisting somebody to be your pathway leader who can make sure this is happening. Enlist people to help. Because what that, what that does, yeah, we're following a process here, but it, it motivates people and it makes it easier to accomplish the goal of connecting. What you're going to find is that you'll be connecting more people to these new people or to the people that are new to your ministry It's just one of the tools we're using to help people connect. Another important point of connection, I mentioned it, the skills and interest survey, but I'm coming back to it. That was in that pathway. If you're on Realm and you haven't filled this out, fill out the skills and interest survey. Because when we start nominating people to different areas or we're looking for people to serve, if we have your skills and interests, maybe you don't know what the gifts are that God's given you. So we're going to help. One of the ways we can help you God's given you abilities you were born with and gifts he's given you. And filling this out will help us identify that and help you in turn connect to a ministry where you're going to be able to use those abilities and gifts. And you're going to find, help you find your purpose if you haven't already of service within the walls and outside the walls of the church. Another great feature on Realm is communication. You know, we're still going to use Flocknote, but different ministries within their groups can communicate It's very easy. Who here's on the kitchen team? A few people. You got an email from me this week, right? A couple of them. That came through Realm. It was very easy. I clicked one box, created an email, sent it to you. That was just the kitchen committee. Your connection group, building and grounds, uh, any, any ministry team, any administrative, service, whatever the case is, it makes communication easier, and that's what we want to do. We want to be able to communicate. And, and that, that increases connection. You also have a, a Facebook-like news feed, although you won't get some of the crazy stuff you get on Facebook on your realm news feed, but that's something that you can use to follow along with activities that are going on that you're connected with. All, all help you stay connected. But I want to talk before we get done about connection groups because this is so vitally important, okay? And just hang with me a few more minutes teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. Connection groups, this is one of the areas that I have to stress, discipleship, ministry, fellowship, evangelism. I mean, you're going to be ministered that that's kind of like the church within the church, right? You've got to be connected to a connection group if you're really going to be connected to a church. And this is where so much of that goes on, discipleship, ministry, fellowship goes on. And we believe That we want this church to grow, we want to reach people, but we also believe we've got to grow smaller and larger at the same time. And we do that through connection groups. The New Testament's our model. Look at Acts 5.42. Every day in the temple and in various homes, they continue teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. In various homes. So they met in the temple, larger group, they met in various homes. Our version of that is connection groups. Yes, they happen on campus. We've got a few home studies going on, but primarily here on campus, but the purpose is the same. It's small groups where we share life together and we study God's word together. We build relationships. We minister to one another. We hold each other accountable. Discipleship relationships are formed. And iron sharpens iron. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. We sharpen each other. And connection groups... We are discipled in the word of God. Discipleship is to grow spiritually. We're going to talk about that next week when we talk about grow. But discipleship happens in connection groups. And a healthy church is a growing church. Let's look at a few scriptures. Hebrews 6.1 Therefore let us leave the elementary teaching about Christ and go on to maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Faith in God. Go on to maturity, Second Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory now and to the day of eternity. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, he, gave him, he, he Himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, growing and serving, to build up the body of Christ. Through connection groups, we experience discipleship, fellowship, and encouragement. Fellowship is sharing or partnering. We share life together. And the New Testament, again, is our model, Acts 2. So those who accepted his message were baptized. That day about 3,000 people were added to them. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread. There's your biblical principle for potluck dinners. Breaking of bread and prayer. So fellowship, sharing life together. It's also encouragement of other believers to grow spiritually. You're going to have encouragement and fellowship, and that, that happens in connection groups outside of that, but it really happens in connection groups uh, especially. Hebrews 10.24, let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, encourage each other. Fellowship is being a part of God's family and spending time with other believers. We want to spend time together. Hebrews 10.25, not neglecting, Gathering together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other. We need that encouragement. We need to be together to encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Fellowship is the power of God when we gather together. We're two or more gathered in my name, Jesus said. I will be there also. The special, powerful manifestation of his presence. And it's a picture of Christ to a lost and dying world. The fellowship that we have that defies odds. The unity that we have. Despite our differences, it presents a picture of Christ to a lost world. John 17, 20, and 21, I pray not only for these, but for all, also for those who believe in him. Jesus' his disciples, his followers, he's praying for. May they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I'm in you. We model the, the unity of the Trinity and the relationship of God to the Son and the Holy Spirit. May they also be in us so that the world may believe you sent me. Fellowship is a vital part of what we do as a church, of the unity of the church. It's something we can't take for granted. It's something that we have to work to maintain. And that's where you're going to, a connection group, listen, church as a whole, we're going to have church-wide fellowships. We're going to have, but in that connection group, that's where you're going build, to build relationships. That's where you're going to share life. You, other believers, they're going to encourage you. They're going to minister to you. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another and build each other up as you're already doing. So we connect with the church through connection groups, as a whole through church-wide fellowships. These are some of the things we're going to do this year. Just a couple of things, a couple of goals. You can take them with you. They're on your notes. One of the things we're going to do, maybe not every month, but several months through the year, which is one of the reasons I contacted the kitchen ministry last week, monthly Wednesday night meals. Not every Wednesday, but monthly we're going to have a Wednesday night meal where we can share a meal together. Quarterly church-wide fellowships. We'll have other fellowships, but we're going to intentionally put these things on the calendar so we make sure that we don't forget to do them in our busy lives, all right? Quarterly fellowships, connection group fellowships. Some of you have started doing that again as a part of the C strategy for connection groups. Let me encourage you. Have your your goals of how many many, uh, fellowships you're going to have through the years through just your connection group, all right? You can invite people. It's a great way to introduce people to your connection group, but... We're going to be intentional about fellowship, connecting within the church in addition to the things that we have and are doing through Realm and other tools that we have, okay? A lot to take in. Let's finish with this. Another picture, all right? We've done something like this before. Focus on the filament. Focus on the center of the bulb for 20 seconds, okay? Just focus. Everybody focused? All right, I'm starting the timer. Everybody focus. Don't blink. You can Try not to blink, but all right. Keep focusing. You got about, you got about ten seconds left here. Some of you know what's coming because you remember the last time I did this. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. All right. Now look somewhere else. Look on the wall and just stare for a minute. Give it just a second. What do you see? That's yeah, pretty crazy, right? I got my kids started on this, and they were watching YouTube videos yesterday, Andy and Eli. I half expected to walk in and their eyes be like doing this because these things are crazy, right? It's, and there are some more complex ones, but you see, you see the light, right? You see it no matter where you look now. It'll go away in a minute. Don't worry. But what did you have to do in order to be able to see the light? You had to focus on the bulb, right? You had to focus on the light to be able to see the light, and that same is true for us. We've talked about a lot, and I want you to take this and process everything we've talked about today. But we can't forget, if we're going to do any of this to the glory of God, if we're going to fulfill his purpose for us, we got to focus on the light. we got to be focused on Jesus. If we're going to get past all the distractions, if we're going to get past any roadblocks that Satan's going to throw in our way, the fiery darts he's going to shoot at us, we've got to stay focused on Jesus. But what happens is, is when we focus on Jesus, if we focus on the light, we focus on his word, we know the light, we know the truth, and when we begin to look, no matter where we look in the world, we begin to look at the world, and it's filtered through his light, his truth. And then we're able to share the light with others. Who need to know the truth. We focus on Christ. We connect to Jesus. And yes, salvation is a one-time thing. You're saved, but then you connect daily. We stay connected to Christ. And then we connect to each other because we need each other. We need encouragement. And one of the main, the most important things we can do to stay connected as a church family is to stay focused on Jesus Christ. If we're focused on him, if we're obeying him, if we're growing in him, we will come together as a church and we will stay together because it's not up to us. His strength, his power and what a joy it is to experience God working through us, we, a church body, to do things that we could never imagine and certainly never do on our own, seeing lives changed by the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ seeing people rescued from sin, seeing people growing in their faith. And one of the joys of ministry, one of the joys of pastoring is seeing someone come to Christ, praise God, hallelujah, but then experiencing them discover God's purpose for their life and begin to live it out and being a part of that. But you don't have to be a pastor to be a part of that. We're all ministers of the gospel, and we all should be engaged in that. We all want to belong. Doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what your background is, introvert, extrovert. Deep down, we are hardwired to belong. And here's the great thing about the church, the family of God. If you believe, you belong. If you believe in Jesus Christ, then you belong in this family. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for giving us a place to belong, for making us a part of your family, for redeeming us, setting us free from sin, giving us the opportunity to be reconciled to the Father, to you, through your Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, you died for our sins. You paid the price. You give us an invitation to accept your gift of salvation so that we can have a relationship with you and be reconnected to the Father. And God, I, I, there's nothing we can do to repay you except uh, we can, get, can spend our lives committing to you, dedicated to you, living out your purpose and advancing your kingdom. You saved us and set us apart. You didn't save us just to, to let us do whatever we want. You saved us and set us apart for your purpose, for your kingdom, and we want to fulfill that. And Father, I pray that if there's somebody here today who doesn't know you, that, that, that today would be the day they connect with you. Jesus, that they receive the gift of salvation. The day, today would be the day that they experience and respond to the good news that you are offering them freedom from sin. For those of us who know you, I pray that we would actively be connecting to you daily through our relationship with you, through prayer, through study of your word, and connecting to your people and seeking to connect others to you and your people. Lord, these things we've talked about, many of them are just tools that you give us, but they're based on the truth of your word. And God, we want to stand on your word and build our lives and this church on your word, the foundation. You are our foundation. You are our cornerstone. You, your word is the truth. It is who you are revealed to us, and we want to build our lives the way you would have us to build them. You working through us, this church, you working through us, help us, empower us, equip us to fulfill your purpose. Lord, we thank you for involving us in your kingdom work. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand for our time of commitment?